You're listening to 7 Points of Satisfaction in Buying HR Technology. Supported by the HR Gazette and Hive Tech HR. And now your host, Jeremy Ames. All right, so uh, welcome to our series here, the seven points of satisfaction in buying HR technology. Uh, my name is Jeremy Ames, and this is going to be one in our series of uh, seven webcasts talking about these. Uh, today, I'm joined by a special guest, Cecile from uh, Ultimate. So thanks for joining us today, Cecile. Hey, how are you, Jeremy? Good, good. good. Yeah, great. So um, I'm going to step through uh, a little bit of what our series looks like here just to kind of put things in context. Um, So we're talking about product today. Um, We'll also be doing, as part of this series, we'll be doing information about sales, support, negotiation, implementation, training, and the holy grail of adoption. So William Tinkup and I already did an opening introductory session, and uh, now we're going to be diving into the actual topics at hand. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about product. So this first concept, this I've had many discussions with people such as William and others about the balance between process and product and how much each of those weighs into a product buying decision in HR technology. Um, So what are your thoughts, Cecile, about specifically how much process relates to, which is more important essentially and, and how they relate to each other? It's a totally fair question. Is my process right? I honestly don't think that um, it makes a lot of sense to invest a ton of software if you haven't thought about your process. Um, just putting you know, inferior technology on a great process, you're going to be stopped up uh, in terms of how efficiently, how effectively you can actually uh, implement this phenomenal process. Um, can you have value? You can have value with paper, but again, that's not necessarily what's going to keep uh, your, your employees happy, uh, and it's not necessarily going to be what you need to be able to do long term. So you really have to have, uh, you have to think about the two in concert. Um, and just, you know, having terrible, I, I talked to somebody not too long ago who said, you know, is it going to be a problem for me to just to not have a, an online system for recruiting? I said, in this day and age, yeah, it's going to be a huge problem. You really can't be, you you can't separate those two completely. Uh, Great technology on top of a bad process isn't a good idea either. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I kind of think of them. They kind of play off of each other. So that's great. Um, Secondly, when you're thinking about when buyers are diving into this process and they're thinking about whether or not they should be switching, there's obviously going to be a lot of reasons why they would switch or why they wouldn't, uh, you know, whether it's they're switching payroll providers, they, something's not working. When you're getting involved in these, you know, buying decisions from, from potential clients, what are you finding is, is the main driver of, of what they're looking for and, and what do you think are good decisions to buy and which ones are maybe not, uh, not a good enough reason to be looking for a system. Also totally, totally fair. There are a couple of things that, that come to mind. What we find is that often people uh, are looking for new technology or new software uh, because of the fact that they have um, that, for one, it often happens um, that they're looking to rethink or 
improve their processes. So again, that whole first question you asked, um, make sure you know exactly what you're looking for uh, before you go out because the technology without having rethought what it is that you're trying to accomplish isn't necessarily going to help. We find a lot of people are looking to buy new software uh, because of a lack of integration and integration pains in general are a huge driver for new solutions. Uh, what organizations find is that they were looking for sort of a, a best of breed world or looking for a great solution for every single process that they may have had, but then really quickly realize that if you if you try to integrate a lot of disparate systems, you often end up with the least common denominator from a functional standpoint, and you don't necessarily get the value of what you were looking for in the first place. And so um, we find that integrations in are, are a huge reason, um, but also organizations uh, are looking for a true partner um, more than anything else. Someone who's going to understand what their organization is about and actually help them accomplish certain things. We actually have a lot of organizations, for example, that will come to us because they want to improve some of their culture uh, and actually have new culture initiatives overall. And so that's an interesting reason to be looking for technology, but more and more you want to be able to create an environment that helps uh, your employees have a better employee experience because that's the way to get to a great customer experience. So integrations are definitely broken out there. Um, what's undone is a lot of organizations are recognizing that you have to have a great digital employee experience to be able to support employees overall in having a great employee experience. And interestingly enough, there was a, a, some research that the Center for Generational Kinetics did last year, um, toward the end of the year, that found that 92% um, of employees stated that they felt that, that, that having a modern technology that helped them do their job was critical to their satisfaction at work. And even a third of employees said that they would quit a job on the spot if they were forced to use legacy technology. So wow. a lot of organizations are looking to create a better employee experience. And we're hearing a lot of that. Without a doubt, the whole question of, of integrations continues to be something that haunts organizations. Yeah, so the balance between innovation and integration, you know, like looking for the latest and greatest, but also that connects to different parts of the system, of your systems is critical. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and then this, this is the big topic we find when we're helping companies find systems, you know, uh, what's your budget, what can you spend? And this connection between what, what, what companies can spend on their software and what they'll end up getting in return in terms of quality. You know, I find that the, it runs the gamut. You can find kind of really good buys. You can do some stuff in the negotiation process. But in the end, a lot of companies can't even look at specific software due to cost prohibitive prohibitive, uh, you know, amounts. So what, what is your opinion on the, the balance between what companies can spend and what they end up getting? Yeah, so I, I think that organizations can spend an inordinate amount of, of money um, and not necessarily get great value. It goes back to your first point, which is if you don't know why you're actually spending, you're not necessarily going to get the value. So, so much of it has to be um, buy-in and a really clear path to what business value you're expecting to get. Um, just buying software is not necessarily going to band-aid or, or fix any of your issues. You really have to know what it is that you 
are looking for and what your solution is going to provide to your organization. And then, almost regardless of what the solution is, if you've married those two things, then you're likely to get some, get some quality. There are certainly solutions out in the market that, um, that are much, much more expensive um, than, than others. And the, the high cost does not always equate to um, the highest value. Sometimes what you're paying for is additional complexity. So again, knowing what you need and what you're looking for will have everything to do with the value that you get. So um, you can have a, a really, really good solution, but it's more important to understand what it is that you need um, than to just go and spend whatever the most expensive thing is out there. It's not quite like a car. You know? right. um, in many instances, it makes sense to really truly think about what am I trying to accomplish and mapping that to what the solution can provide. Yeah, you talk about where that money goes. I mean, it can go towards the marketing. So if you know a company spends a lot in the sales process, that's something you're paying for. If they charge a lot for training and but then bundle it into the overall product cost, you know, you end up paying for that. So it is very important to understand how much of that is just going to your pure licensing, your pure, you know, maintenance and and what's going elsewhere. So that's those are really good points. And it also plays up nicely into the next topic, which is what are what are the actual features that are important in the product? So you've gone through, you've you've figured out which which uh, requirements are important to you. You've cataloged them. You're deciding what's nice to have, what's important, and what's critical. So, in your opinion, what you know, what does that process look like? Are there are there things that companies should be thinking of as just purely they have to have uh, versus the ones that might be nice to have? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're all attracted. To- to you know, uh, the 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 shiny object in in certain instances. But if you think about your your phone and the apps that you've purchased, um, you're likely to use about five out of the hundred or so apps that you've actually purchased in your life. Nice. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's not just about the the frequency, but there are certain features that are critically critically important, absolutely mission critical for your organization. Um, without you know, overstating the obvious, making sure that you pay people properly is pretty important. Um, but by the same token, there are certain things that different organizations will be, will, certain features or capabilities are going to be critically important in certain industries or certain organizations. I'll give you an example. Having a really, really powerful optimization engine for scheduling is really important uh, if you're a retailer. If you're not a retailer, having a solution that has, you know, the most powerful optimization engine is probably actually going to add complexity that will slow adoption and usage. And that's actually often most important. What we find is that organizations, the most expensive features are those that aren't used necessarily. And so um, without a doubt, you want to have a, a, you know, agree, a catalog of requirements, but it's important to identify of the different stakeholders that are critical, whether it's your end users, your employees, that employee experience again, you have to decide and balance what's absolutely necessary with how am I going to actually delight my, my, the people that I'm serving? Um, in the world of HR in particular, we're always looking, at, you know, HR leaders are, in essence, 
um, you know, our, our internal customers are our customers. And so we're always thinking about how do we meet the needs of our stakeholders? In many cases, what people overlook uh, is, is the importance of really, really fantastic analytics. But you also have to think about how complicated are those analytics going to be when it comes to a manager that has a day job and an entire team to keep happy. So um, one of the most important things to do is really have people prioritize what is absolutely critical to them getting their job done. Uh, if, if you remember, I, I referenced that study that said 92% of the US workforce says it's, it's critical to have um, software technology that helps them get their job done. So what is it that you need to get your job done? And then what's actually going to delight you and balance that across all of your stakeholders? If you just look at the evaluation team, sometimes you're not going to get a balanced view of that. That's awesome. I love that. I love that word delight because, you know, every time when you're dealing with HR software, like a couple of years in, it's, you've kind of lost sight of the whole delight concept. You're really just trying not to, not to tick people up and to get those pure services right. But if you can actually achieve delight on some of the features and then get the, the baseline in place, you know, that's definitely the key to success. So those, that's really well, well put. And I think today, I think today it becomes even more important. The expectation, that people have of their software in the workplace is so much higher than what it was even five to ten years yeah. ago. Um, people are so incredibly savvy and they have this great experience um, in their personal online lives and so there's no doubt that their, their expectations in the bar is considerably higher. So if you forget about delighting people, I think you're right. You're going to piss a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so you said that. I, wasn't, I didn't actually say that. <laughs> No, I, I Sorry. <laughs> no. Several years ago, I was I was presenting about the consumerization of HR technology, so I might be partly to blame for raising people's expectations. But you know, that's true that that's that's where it should have been heading, and I'm glad that we're finally at that point where there are those expectations. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for sure for the industry. Sorry, I just lost our spot. Let me get back to where we were. So now we're on to reporting and analytics. You kind of just touched on that in this last one, but uh, you know, getting those operational benefits is wonderful, but if you can't get the insights, then you're kind of losing out. So that's, that's really more of the, the holy grail of the HR technology. So what are your thoughts on that and, and how important should that be in the buying process? So I, I, I would never, ever, um, I, I think that actually the importance of analytics probably trumps, um, sorry, bad word, uh, or no, different word, sorry, <laughs> can be, I think that that actually should be considered even more than so many other decisions that often take precedence. Um, things like shiny objects and, and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the old adage, garbage in, garbage out, is never has never been more true because there is so much data available. And the job of your technology solution is to be able to make sense of the masses of data that you have available. Some of the data is valuable, some of it isn't that valuable. But if you don't, um, if you don't have an opportunity to truly make sense out of the, the fantastic processes that you've put in place and all the great, great data that you have, then you're really not going to be able to get any value. It's the insights. It's the ability to be able to help people make decisions. I think what's changed the most today is that more and more um, people aren't comfortable looking in the rearview mirror, which is often what reporting was all about and what traditional analytics would give you. Um, People really want to be able to see trends and they want to 
see into the future, into the into the windshield rather than the rearview mirror, if you will, when you're driving right when you're driving the bus, right? right. You want to be able to look forward um, and even start predicting what is likely to happen, not what will happen without a doubt, but what might happen. Um, so that you can then take or change course or make adjustments in someone's career to be able to ensure that they stay with you if there's somebody that you want to have stay with you, um, or even to be able to look at overall staffing and, and workforce trending uh, that you have. So, so being able to start to tap into predictive analytics, and our models have gotten much, much better. We're, we're looking far beyond just is someone going to stay or leave the organization in the next 12 months, which by the way is something that would have been unheard of right. a number of years ago and can be tremendously valuable to be able to change the course of someone's career if they're thinking of leaving and, and you really don't want that to happen. So yeah. uh, I think being able to look at predictive analytics and then even more so um, some of the prescriptive analytics, because oftentimes predictive analytics gave people the sense of, wow, this is great information, but now what? Right. And now what is, what do you do? Well, people have to start prescribing or recommend actions, or it's going to be a lot more difficult to get that value out of your analytics investment. Awesome. It's funny. You, you said at one point that reporting is now, it should be uh, future looking and, you know, future facing. It's even, you said it with the context of, you know, reports and, and analytics, but I was thinking of it when you said it of like when you're writing about, what's coming, what's, you know, new trends and stuff. People don't want you to write about what's happened in the past. Like that's, that's old news. They really want you to be thinking about what's next. And, and it's, it's very translatable to the world of reporting and analytics on your H in your HR systems as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now this is one of the most exciting areas right now in the, the product purchasing uh, arena, I think is, is analytics because there've been so many phenomenal um, advances. You know, there are even sort of these more perceptive technologies that pick up on people's emotions and, and can parse out and pick up themes, detect themes based on what people are saying in Glassdoor, not even within your systems, that really are bringing a nuance and a subtlety and deepening our understanding of what's actually happening. And, wow. you know, I, I talked about how important it is to create a great employee experience. Well, perceptive technologies that truly pick up on people's sentiment and can translate that into themes um, are paving the way to being able to really bridge the gap between uh, a great technology experience for um, from, from a, a, an employee's perspective Perspective, but also um, a, a really, really valuable, insightful view of individuals as well as teams. So it's really, really a great time uh, to be looking at software um, and in particular analytics as part of a whole solution. Excellent. And this uh, sixth point was about integrations and which systems the product needs to be connected to. I know that when I go through this process of helping uh, and even further down the road when we're trying to determine how well the product's working, it's very important and it tends to get not enough attention either in the buying, buying process or implementation. You know, a lot of times you end up pushing that out and, and then so you have this product that's kind of a standalone when the whole the whole concept to begin with was so that it would replace the need to do, you know, work in multiple systems. So what is your thought as, as far as how important is that to the overall process and, and when you're looking at buying a, buying a new system? Yeah, you know, this, this is something that uh, we're very, very familiar, uh, familiar with because 
we only focus on HR software. And so we know that automatically um, other organizations, our, our customers are going to have to integrate to other solutions. Um, integration is probably one of the biggest pain points that organizations face today when it comes to, and I, I mentioned this at the very beginning, a lot of people are buying because of the fact that they have 15, 20 systems that don't talk to each other. And it's the reason, again, is that it's, it's this lowest common denominator. You just don't get the value that you had anticipated getting when you have a, a mishmash and you're trying to rationalize and normal, normalize all these different structures or objects. Um, so it becomes really, really difficult. So without a doubt, when you're looking at your at, at um, software buying decisions, you have to think about how open uh, a solution is. Um, openness is the key to truly, is I think one of the, the nirvana points, I think I would say, or the nirvana when it comes to integration is openness. Um, because once you have openness, and that means exposed APIs, all these other good things, then you have the capability. There are so many great solutions today in helping that will help transform and connect easily. Um, we embed uh, a series of connectors or deliver those, or you can extend those depending on what you want. But there are a lot of different um, ways to do that. But if you don't have openness, it doesn't matter how great your, your integration gurus are. They're never going to get the level of, of connectivity and the cohesion and holisticness that you're looking for. So I, I think it's, it's super, super important to look at openness and ask questions about the openness of, of the software. Awesome. So, uh, and then the last one I, I put in here, your choice. I wanted to just give my quick, uh, my quick take on the most important. Um, and as far as like, what's the most important topic to consider in the, in the buying process for when you're looking at product. And for me, it's really, you're matching up those high level category requirements to what's available in the market and trying to hopefully, uh, shrink down what's out there into a, a manageable number of systems that you need to look at. I, I, work with a lot of um, buyers who end up in this, you know, analysis paralysis where they can't get to that final decision. So doing that initial yeah. cross reference to make sure you get your high level needs the you know, the wants and needs uh, is for me the most important part. But what, what do you think? Cecile? So I, mean, I, I agree that boiling the ocean is never something that anyone should undertake lightly. And, and if you mm -hmm. don't uh, narrow, narrow your search down or really think about what's important, and delightful or has the potential to delight, then I think it's much more difficult. Um, I actually think that the, the holy grail uh, from my perspective or what's really, really critical is to consider the long-term relationship that you may have with, um, with a, a, a vendor. Um, so it's not just about a product, but it's also the, the partnership that you will have long-term. Um, Interestingly enough, Kelton did a research, Kelton does, they do a number of different research studies, but specifically looking at, um, at people's buying decisions. And, they, and what, what we found is that seven out of 10, so 70% of HR decision makers have actually regretted their HCM choice. Nice. Um, and the number one reason that they regretted making their, their choice, it wasn't the product itself. 
but it was the service that they received uh, afterwards. So 70% regret due to poor customer service. So it's important absolutely to spend time and understand what the product and the product capabilities are. And I know, Jeremy, you're going to talk more about this um, in the rest of the series, but it's also important to consider the partnership and the level of service that you will get. How much skin in the game will your vendor have once you've made the purchase? Um, because again, only 35% of HCM buyers believe that their um, providers uh, score well in, in terms of partnership. And that's so critical to the success because again, it's more than just the buying. There's the, there's the, activation, the implementation, there's the ongoing support, and all of those things factor in so, so heavily to get the value. I actually don't believe that people are buying products alone anymore. Like you said, it's not a standalone purchase. You're thinking about what am I getting into overall? If I'm buying a solution or an offering, there's a service component to every single product. It's great to deliver a wonderful technology, but if you don't have the support behind it, the world-class support to behind, uh, behind it, then people aren't going to get the value. They'll get frustrated. They'll give up. They won't actually take on the new great capabilities and the innovations that come out of the vendor because they'll be so frustrated. So it's so important to think about both of those things, I think, hand in hand. That's the seal of choice. That is, you're literally just selling the rest of the series. So thank you. That is precisely the, the concept is you're not just buying product and we're going to, we're going to talk about all those other things. I'm going to be bringing on other, uh, other software vendors to kind of represent um, their, their opinion. So it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm, I'm so glad you were able to join me for this uh, first one on product. If you want to uh, follow up and interact with Cecile on, on Twitter, that's your Twitter handle. Are there any uh, other places you'd want people to know about? Or is that good? You know, that's great. I will gladly get back to anybody with any kind of questions, any challenges to any of those ideas, always open for for a great discussion. And um, I can't wait for the rest of the series, actually, Jeremy. It'll be good. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks again for joining me today. And I'll catch everyone else on a future episode. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to 7 Points of Satisfaction in Buying HR Technology. Subscribe on iTunes and learn more at hrgazette.com.